0: Coming up next on Chapters, we sit down for a conversation with the Executive Director of the Franklin Food Pantry, Erin Lynch. We'll have the opportunity to get to know Erin and hear more about the experiences which drove her to a life of service here at the pantry. We'll learn about our local food pantry and what we in turn can do to support its mission. All that and more coming up next on Chapters. Welcome to another edition of Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick, and today in studio we have as our special guest Erin Lynch, who's the Executive Director of the Franklin Food Pantry. Welcome, Erin.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well,
0: thanks so much for coming down. Uh, For people that don't know, the Food Pantry in Franklin feeds over a 1,000 people a year um, in our town, Uh, particularly uh, notable to me as I was doing research for this show, were how children and seniors are impacted, and we're going to talk a lot about the food pantry, what it does for the, for the residents of Franklin, what its needs are, and um, specifically how you might be able to help for you people listening out there. But before we do that, I wanted to get to know Aaron a little bit. Aaron, you've been with the food pantry since, for since 2012, Yes. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And how did you get find your way to the food pantry? <laughs> I know it's a long story.
1: It is a long story. But, um, the short version is that I had been um, working as a nonprofit consultant, uh, traveling a lot to New Mexico for that. And when that ended, um, the Franklin Food Pantry had an opening, and it seemed like the perfect fit. I had, uh, in my childhood, my parents helped run a soup kitchen in Baltimore, Maryland. Wow. And so I spent a lot of time there as a child, and it really made a lasting impression, and it felt it felt like things coming full circle to be able to give back in that way.
0: So uh, how long did your parents, did you grow up in Baltimore, first of all?
1: I did. I was born there, and I lived there until I was about 14 years old.
0: Okay. And and your parents worked the soup kitchen from a very young age? You saw them doing that type of work?
1: <laughs> yes. They actually lived there. Their, their best friends ran it, and still to this day do. It's... Um, the Viva House Catholic Worker in, in Southwest Baltimore, it's still there.
0: No kidding. So, I mean, th- that's really a powerful experience for a young person to have, to see to see your parents doing doing that type of work. Did you go into the soup kitchen with them?
1: Oh, yeah. We, yeah. S- we spent quite a bit of time there, um, many, many, many hours. And I think one of the things that really made an impression on me is that um, how strikingly different it was from the neighborhood where it resided. Uh, you know, the neighborhood was had kind of a dark and hopeless feeling. There was a lot of crime. You know, Baltimore back in the 70s had the second highest murder rate in the country, second only to Detroit. Um, It was not a safe place, and certainly there was a lot of poverty uh, and hopelessness. And then you would step foot into the soup kitchen, and just the opposite of of finding something depressing, it was they had, um, you know, brightly painted walls and flowers on the table, and they even had a piano there for people to play um and it just gave such a feeling of hope uh it, it really reminded me that how important that is to be able to provide that to people
0: yeah Aaron, i, th- I think you know that's such a, an important theme i told you before the show my mother works at, at a food pantry in florida and one of the things that has always uh impressed me about what they do there is that they provide a very warm and comfortable atmosphere for people um People must have quite low self-esteem when they access your services at times. And and the idea is to provide a place for them of, of respite from that low self-esteem. Would that be right?
1: Well, I think, it, you know, I don't know if I would describe it as low self-esteem, but it certainly is a low point. Yeah. You know, when when people come to the food pantry, they are experiencing the hardest times of their lives. Um, nobody wants to go into a food pantry it's not something that people look forward to Um, a lot of people are scared or embarrassed Um, it's very difficult to ask for help Um, so anything that we can do to make that experience um, more comforting more welcoming and and again um, maybe tell a joke maybe make Someone laugh, maybe be that one bright spot in their day.
0: Right, right. Uh, you know, and that was a poor choice of words. Low self-esteem, low low point in their lives. I, I totally understand that, and um, I think it's important to let our listeners know a little bit about you in in your background because I think it informs people about um, who it is behind the scenes doing this and why they're doing it and how their experience informs. Uh, the ongoing operation of the Franklin Food Pantry. So you you left Baltimore at, at 14 years of age.
1: Yep. So at, at 14, my my parents moved up here to Franklin. Yep. Um, they've been residents ever since. Okay. I went to Franklin High. My dad taught at Franklin High, um, and then I went to college out in. Well, I started at UMass Amherst, ended up in Arizona State for nonprofit management. I always, like I said, I always um, knew that I wanted to help people in some way. Mm-hmm. I. I really honestly always thought it would be in a big city or maybe even going back to Baltimore where I grew up because that's where I always thought the need was. Um, It never occurred to me that there would be a need in a small town like Franklin, Um, you know, until uh, there was a point in my life where I ended up being one of the people who needed that help.
0: And you were a busy professional. Mm -hmm. Uh, You developed a business of your own. Yep. And you found yourself needing help with two young children.
1: Yep. I, um, there was a point in time where it was myself and my two kids. And um, as I mentioned, I did a lot of consulting work um, still in the Southwest. That's where I started my career. And um, all my business contacts were there. So when that consulting contract ended, um, it was very difficult to start a new career here, um, especially with the two young kids. Sure. Um, and unfortunately that timing coincided perfectly with the, the recession that hit. Um, and it was just kind of the perfect storm of a lot of different circumstances. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people in our community. Um, you know, when you try to ask someone, what is it that brought you to the food pantry? How did you end up in this situation? They can't even always necessarily tell you or pinpoint one thing because, it's kind of just at that point where so many things have gone wrong and so many things have collided, um, you know, the, it, it tends to happen that things happen all at once. You lose a job, you break a leg. Um, a child is born that has special needs. You have to stay home and take care of them. A, a parent passes away. Um, you know, and it just gets to the point where it's one straw too many, and that's when people usually turn to the food pantry.
0: Right, right. So that experience of walking to the food pantry, and I know I've I read a little bit about and, and watched uh, some information on you. Um, it, it's not easy for somebody to enter the food pantry for the first time, particularly in their own community. Um, would that be accurate?
1: Yes, I think that's very true. I think especially um, in a town like Franklin where, now I still call it Franklin, a small town, even though it's it's really grown quite a bit. But um, compared to a large city, sure, um, it still has that feeling where, you know, people know you, you know your neighbors. Um, for me, at the time that I needed the food pantry, I was working part time um, right next door to where the food pantry was located. Right. Uh, you know, it shared the same parking lot as the place where I was employed. I, it was um, not something that I was comfortable doing to to walk into the food pantry in my town. Um, And so I tried going to other towns. And what I found out very quickly is that a lot of towns only serve residents of their own town, which makes it really hard for people. Um, So a lot of the clients that come to our Franklin Food Pantry, um, especially on their first visit, is very emotional um, we've had to sometimes, even when people have called ahead and made an appointment, we've had to go out to the parking lot and meet them at their car and kind of, you know, accompany them in and, and really give them that emotional support and tell them it's okay.
0: Yeah. I am very moved by your story and your willingness to share it because I, I believe that courage is the, is the ability to walk through fear. And I think that in, in your story, there's a lot of courage. And in you're telling your story, uh, it's a continuation of that, that, that it's the walking through fear that what are people going to think of me? Uh, you know, I had this wonderful business and, and two children, and I, and I needed the services of Food Pantry. The fact of the matter is we are all, all uh, on this boat together. There aren't There isn't anybody that might not be one diagnosis away, one job loss away, one major traumatic event in their life away from needing your services. Wouldn't that be accurate?
1: I think it's very true. You, you really never know what life is going to throw at you. And and one of the things that I tell the little kids that come to the tour at the food pantry is um, you might not ever need a food pantry per se, but I can pretty much guarantee you will need some kind of help from someone at some point in time. You know, when I when I talk to the real little kids, I'll say, you know, raise your hand if anyone here has ever needed help tying your shoe or has anyone here ever needed help with your homework has anyone here ever had a bad day and needed someone to give you a hug and everyone raises their hand it it doesn't matter that it's a food pantry it's it's that someone needs help yeah and we all need help at some point with something
0: sure absolutely um so you, you start out as the development director at the Food Pantry. Now, mm-hmm. you had been working um, a very busy and, and vibrant consulting practice, and in, in, I assume you had the option to go back and do that type of work. <laughs> Am I right?
1: Yes. Well, um, at the time, it involved a lot of travel, and I did. I really loved what I did a lot. Uh, you know, it's the field that I went to school for. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to do very well um, with my career, and, um, But it feels very different to be able to contribute and help build the community that you live in. Um, You know, my parents have always lived in Franklin. Now I'm raising my children here. It's very important to me. It means a lot to be able to work and help grow something here in this town.
0: Sure. Have your par- are your parents here to see this what you're doing right now?
1: Yes, they're they're a big part of my life and it, and if it weren't for them babysitting the kids a lot, I probably wouldn't be able to have this job. What a,
0: what a great story. So, you know, from the soup kitchen in Baltimore at, at at a very young age full circle up to Franklin, the executive director of the Franklin Food Pantry. That's got to be quite a feeling for your folks. Um, they must be awfully awfully proud. Uh, I um uh, as I as I mentioned before, the the food pantry has some statistics that are that were very very alarming to me when I did did my research. Um, very compelling uh, statistics, and I'm wondering if you could share with us uh, some of the numbers uh, from a numbers perspective right here in our hometown of Franklin. What are we looking at in terms of hunger?
1: So right now we have um, a little over a thousand clients registered. Um, and we have, um, you know, as far as children, uh, roughly 290 children and seniors, I think it's about 140. You know, those numbers fluctuate and sure. change. Um, but that's that's kind of what we're looking at right now.
0: So here we are in the town of Franklin. Uh, you drive along, you see developments going up everywhere. You see new businesses starting, cultural districts, harvest strolls, all wonderful things, all mm-hmm. tremendous things. Uh, And right in the center of town behind uh, Rockland Trust Mm -hmm. uh, is the food pantry serving uh, these people and largely volunteer driven. Mm -hmm. And I think I I need to drive this home also uh, in reading your story, the story of the food pantry. You receive absolutely no money from the state or local governments. That is
1: true. That is true. All of the money that we receive is dependent on individual donors um, our local businesses to support us um, and grants you know that
0: that that is astounding to me uh, on one hand on another hand it's a real call to action it's a real real call to action this is a great community
1: it is a great community. I agree with you 100%.
0: It's a great community. You have wonderful volunteers. I saw the pictures of your food elves. You had over 100 food elves. <laughs> yes, the food and, elves
1: are amazing. Yeah. All that whole thing is organized by kids. It's it's incredible to me the the power of what kids can do when they put their minds to it.
0: Right. So I mean so and you have kids come in and you talk to them about this and so you're mm-hmm. you're providing you're not just providing sustenance for for your clients. You're you're providing kind of a hub of education on compassion empathy, and uh, community problem-solving, if you will, for the young and old alike. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, that, that's, that's what it, is, it sounds to me like. And, and um, you know, I'm always—I remember being a kid graduating from high school, which was a really long time ago, <laughs> But I, and, I, and I go to commencement addresses, and I always hear the following out of—often uh, hear the following from commencement speakers. Kids, folks, I want you to go out there and change the world. And I remember that as a young person, it always rang hollow to me because that's an awfully big task, changing the world. What I found over the years is that people like you and your organization change the world one person at a time. That it isn't changing the world is an awfully big thing. I I don't think I'd start that project. But I can reach out and help one person by walking out to their car and being kind and compassionate to them on their first visit.
1: Absolutely. It's, um, I'd like to share one story if we Please. have time. Oh, um, plenty. Yeah. One of my favorite memories of uh, in all the five years I've worked at the food pantry is um, we had a program that was a partnership with Tri-County where some of the Tri-County students um, put on a cooking class at in the evening open to our clients. And uh, you would go, you would cook a meal, Um, And the tri-county students would be teaching us. They taught knife handling skills, uh, food safety, and then they walked us through uh, a recipe. And then um, the clients would get to take home the ingredients needed to make that recipe at home. And after we created the meal with the clients and the tri-county students, we all sat down and ate it together. And so we had, when we were asking our clients who wanted to sign up for this, there's one client that was notoriously um, somewhat of a cranky elderly mm-hmm. gentleman. Um, he was one of those that when you knew he was coming into the pantry that day, you <laughs> kind of you braced yourself a little bit yeah. um, and uh, never really saw him smile. Well, he was one of the people, to our much to our surprise, that signed up for this cooking class. And so that night um, after we made the meal and we were all sitting down, uh, not anyone really wanted to sit with him. So so I sat across from him. We had a little two-seat two table and we enjoyed a meal together. And um, I have to tell you, it was one of the loveliest meals I've ever had in my life. And he told me, <laughs> he looked up and he smiled and he said that this was the first time that he'd eaten dinner with another adult since his wife had passed away. Wow, And to me, that's what this is all about. It's, it's that moment, and I'll never forget it.
0: I won't either. That, that's, uh, that's quite a story. Um, and, and that's what I mean about uh, this being more than about food. Um, that said, I, 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 I was also taken and really, really shocking to me, some of the impacts of the challenges around food on people. Um, and I, I, I never really considered all of these various impacts, uh, increased stress and anxiety is an impact of hunger, right? Uh, mm-hmm. obviously in the household, poor school performance. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how does a kid go to school without anything in their belly? Maybe a, you, know, you describe a, a scene of, of a chicken nugget, uh, you know, three or four or six chicken nuggets to go around a family table. Uh, how do they concentrate? How do we expect any performance, uh, from, from a child, um, Seniors having to decide between medication and food. You must see that often.
1: We see that all the time.
0: Which is just startling to me. Uh, And... You know, and then, and then we talk about obesity. And you know the the sad thing to me is when I hear people talk about, well, you know, how could those people possibly be mm-hmm. hungry? Look at the size of them and that type mm-hmm. of thing. Well, the fact of the matter is a happy meal or the dollar value <laughs> meal, not to pick on any one franchise, is a lot cheaper than going down to the big Y and picking up some healthy produce. Mm-hmm. am i am I on the right track?
1: Absolutely. All of the food that is the the easiest to
0: access,
1: um, the easiest to store. The easiest, to be honest with you, for, for people to, to throw away um, is, is junk. Yeah. Um, you know, the high sodium, high sugar, highly processed, all those things that contribute to multiple chronic health issues that are really reaching epidemic levels in our community.
0: Yeah, and you, so, so you're dealing with type, uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, exacerbating any other p- conditions. Let's say you have a child with ADHD. Mm-hmm. The last thing they need is a high-sugar diet. <laughs> That's right. right? Um, uh, it's just um, the, the impact of this is, is amazing to me. And then if you kind of extend beyond that, uh, I, I was reading somewhere, it might have been on your website, about just the thought of a family sitting in their home without enough food in this community, um, it's really tough to swallow. It's a real tough nut to
1: swallow. It is. And when you look around, you know, a lot of times it's hard for people to visualize concretely the magnitude of the problem because you throw numbers around a lot and not just us, but, you know, every issue out there is throwing around numbers. So one way that I try to help, especially the younger kids to visualize this and really understand is... Um, you know, the number of households that we serve now is over 400. So if you are just walking down Franklin, the next time you're taking a walk or driving in your car, I want you to start counting. Just start counting the houses. One, two, three, four. See how long it takes you to get to 400. Sure. That gives you a really good visual of how many we're talking about here. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, Oh, the people who use the food pantry. Well, what do you mean? Like, where do they come from? Where do they live? They live all around you. If you count 400 houses, you know, some of those are your neighbors for sure.
0: Sure. If you're just joining us, I want to remind you that you're listening to Erin Lynch. Erin Lynch is our guest today. She is the executive director of the Franklin Food Pantry. Erin, um, another uh, another topic that I, I just wanted to touch on briefly uh, is your, well, not briefly, actually, um, talk as long as we want on this is, is your incredible volunteer core. Uh, <laughs> they are awesome. Tell me, tell me a little bit about some of your volunteers.
1: Sure. So it, it takes, first of all, on a month to month basis, it takes about 70 volunteers to run the pantry. Seven
0: um, zero. Seven. Yes. seventy On a monthly basis. Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, wow. and then we have, um, you know, obviously much more get involved for our big events. Um, but there is so much work to be done. A lot of people, um when they think of a food pantry, they think of sort of that stereotypical image of you know a little couple of shelves in the basement of a church. Um, we 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 run quite a lot of food through our building, which was never designed to be a food distribution center. You know we're we're we have three floors, no elevator, no loading dock. Um, we bring in thousands and thousands of pounds of food that have to be carried up and down the stairs. Um, Did I
0: read almost a quarter million pounds of food go out in a year? Is that what I read?
1: I believe that's correct. Yes.
0: It's anyway. I'm sorry. I it's, just I, that's that one really <laughs> jumped out at me.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot, and um, and if you think about just the physical labor and the logistics yes. that are involved in that, um, and uh, most of our volunteers are uh, senior citizens or stay-at-home moms. Um, you know, that, that give of their time to the best that they can. But it's a very physically demanding job. It's also a very emotionally demanding job. Um, you have people that are working behind the scenes. You have people that are working um, with the clients. You know, this morning before 9 a.m., I was already talking with one of our people about, um, you know, yesterday we had a homeless man come in and, you know, our volunteers go home thinking about this and worrying about this and did we do enough to help and and um it is it it takes some really incredible people to keep it going
0: sure now do you uh, offer support for your volunteers in terms of uh kind of letting them take catch their breath and, <laughs> and, and getting their arms around some of these sad stories that they see
1: we do we try to talk a lot about um how to prevent burnout you yeah. know there's no one magical answer um one of the things that we do is we um We are closed. The pantry is closed one week out of every month, which still we are um, we're still open many more hours than most of the local um, surrounding towns. Um, But it does give a chance to catch up on the administrative side of the work um, to catch up on the cleaning of the pantry and and to just take that emotional breather and kind of digest everything that you see in a week.
0: Okay. so when people uh, come to access the pantry Mm -hmm. on on a practical basis, what week is that that you're closed? is it the same week every month
1: we aim for the third week of the month but you know depending on holidays and that kind of thing it fluctuates okay um so but we do have our calendar posted online people can always find out our hours online we also have calendars posted on the door okay um and the weeks that we're open um we have a couple different ways that we service our clients so we have appointments where people can come once a month by appointment and do what we call the regular shopping, which is where they can access, you know, pretty much everything that we have at the pantry, the frozen, the hygiene products, everything. Um, But then we're also open um, for walk-ins one Friday a month, Um, we're open one Saturday a month, we're open one Tuesday evening a month, and we're open um, for what we call a bread and produce shopping uh, three days out of the week.
0: So people have a a variety of times to to come Mm -hmm. in, uh, and access you your services. Number one, number two, mm-hmm. they have a variety of times to get at that bread and and produce, which is a, a daily availability. Is that correct? Yes. And, yes. and and so you're talking about really good nutrition there, available on a daily basis. Yes. And then a monthly basis is on the on the essentials. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Exactly. Yep. Essentials. The.
1: Yep. Uh, we try to make sure that uh, that no one's going to go hungry you, right you know if you you come in even if you don't have an appointment even if you were just here yesterday you can at least walk out with some fresh vegetables and um, you know some of the the other items that we have some right, bread. right
0: and and you do have emergency kits for people that come in from other communities is that correct we
1: do we wanted to make sure that no one gets completely ever turned away or no one ever leaves hungry um, so unfortunately because the numbers in Franklin of need grew so large, um, we did have to say, if you're going to come back month after month, we serve Franklin residents only. Sure. Um, but if you are coming to us from another town, you will leave with an emergency bag of food. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we will point you to some other resources in your own town. Um, one of the things, partly because of my own experience, uh, that I hope to address at the Franklin food pantry is... You know, I hope in time we have enough support that we can expand those geographic restrictions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that. that, That's an amazing uh, goal to have when you have a growing problem right here, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, I misspoke when I said expand the restrictions. But what I mean is, you know, expand
0: our reach. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron, uh, you run about a half a million dollar budget. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And again, I want to remind our listeners: uh, no state funding, no local government funding. We're talking about grants. And as someone who has asked for grants and tried to write grants, it's not easy. <laughs> uh, it's not easy, number one, and you don't always get them. And That's I true. and there are a lot of people going for that for that trough. So you're really dependent on the on the generosity of the local community, the business community.
1: Yes, we we rely almost completely on, on the uh, the generosity of our town. And, and we do, as you mentioned earlier, have an incredible community. We've gotten lots and lots of support. I think um, where we can continue to grow and help, um, you know, what I would ask everyone to help do is just kind of spread the awareness and the education, I think there's still many, many people in Franklin who don't even know that we have a food pantry or don't know the extent of the need or don't realize that we spend several thousand dollars a month purchasing items like meat, dairy, um, toilet paper, hygiene items.
0: I I, I didn't. And I've lived in this town for 29 years. And I mentioned to you before we walked in the studio that my one... um, Uh, My one I'm embarrassed to say my one interaction was with you was on a Thanksgiving when I happened to be at Rick's Cafe, which was opened right across the street from you. And I saw a truck pull up and I went over to ask if I could help with something. And they were unloading turkeys and you needed some supplemental. But I got to see downstairs in the basement at the time there were walk. There were uh, freezers down there and you had no more room for the turkeys. So we had to. You know, your staff as a volunteers are scrambling, and mm-hmm. but in a very, they were used to this, you <laughs> yes. know, they were used to the overflow, and, and it yeah. was very impressive to me. And, um, I, I would like you if you could just give your address, um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe your web, web address for people to be able to come down and visit.
1: Sure. So, the web address is franklinfoodpantry.org, and on our website, you'll find all of our hours. And you'll also find a um, button where you can click to donate if you would like to set up a recurring online um, monetary gift. That's the easiest way to give. And and we can use those donations um, for the inventory that we need when we need it. Um, It's really, really helpful. If people would like to drop off um, food donations, we ask that you please first check again on our website. We always have a current list of what our most needed items are. Um, and so if, if you would like to check that and then drop off, our bin is located right on our front porch at 43 West Central Street, which is right across the street from the fire
0: station. Right. And 43 right. West Central. It shares a parking lot with Rockland Trust. Yes. Would that be correct? Yep. Next to the black box. Now a two-way street, which freaks me out <laughs> yes. as a longtime Franklin <laughs> resident. Um, Aaron, another thing that really shocked me as mm-hmm. I went through this, um, uh, research for today's show was the fact that uh, things like toiletries, uh, toilet paper, just something as simple as that, are mm-hmm. not included in what we used to call food stamps, now mm-hmm. the SNAP program. Um, th- that takes my breath away, that that, uh, uh, that assistance to people on a state level would, would say, no, we're going to exclude that essential product. And that all the way goes through all sort of hygienic need. Uh,
1: Yes, it is. It is very, very hard to believe that some things that are so basic to human hygiene and and human dignity um, are not otherwise accessible. So, you know, toothpaste, toothbrushes, dental floss, toilet paper, shampoo, soap, deodorant, all of the things that kind of make you feel like pulled together as a person. um, You can't you can't get them anywhere, even if you qualify for the, the food stamps or the SNAP benefits
0: and and to me that just compounds this problem of um i'm going to call it stigma but that that difficulty in in uh when you find yourself in that position in uh in realizing that oh my gosh these this this snap program i can imagine that's a surprise for everybody when they first when they first get their 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 card or their right or their stamps or whatever it is right. and, and and they go in maybe with five rolls of toilet paper yeah. And I can't imagine, are they standing at the register and someone says, I'm sorry, that doesn't pay for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, usually when you get the benefit, they'll go sure. over and let you know, you know, which things do and do not qualify. But I think the thing that still remains is then what? Right. Then what What do you do? If, you know, what if your town didn't have a food pantry, what would you do?
0: Exactly. And I think that's the point I was trying to drive home yeah. is that uh, people that, you know, Look, we are surrounded by, more than ever, multiple media outlets uh, from all sort. you know, whether it's cable television or local radio, um, excluding WFPR, of course, but um, where people are screaming and yelling about people taking from the system. It's a constant theme. It's been this way for years. You know, gee, we, welfare reform, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, these are human beings just like you and I- mm-hmm. uh, it can be you and I on any particular day. And they have a right to dignity. They have a right to eat. We're a nation uh, that claims that we take care of one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great Bruce Springsteen song that's called We Take Care of Our Own, which is actually a protest song about <laughs> about uh, trying to combat this type of thing uh, where where a, a, an aid program would actually exclude those types of essentials. But I just wanted to drum that home because I want people to, that are listening to understand how important and essential this Franklin Food Pantry is and how important it is for you to receive support from the community because you're not going to get it from many other places, uh, if at all. And that leads me to my next question. You must have seasonal bumps where mm-hmm. you see uh, a high degree of participation, maybe around Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> you got it.
0: Christmas, you that type it. of thing. Yeah. What are your low times um, for volunteerism, for donations?
1: So I would say the two slowest times or two slowest um, times are probably March and August um, because we get, you know, we get quite a lot of activity at the holidays. And that kind of sustains us a little bit past the holiday. But by March, um, you know, we're we're low again. Um, And then. In the in the spring, we have a couple of big events that help us out. The Stamp Out Hunger that we have in May. Um,
0: Where is that event?
1: That is in, uh, <laughs> that's held right in Franklin. And the Franklin Postal Carriers, it's actually a na- nationwide okay. um, event, but the Franklin Postal Carriers will come around and collect the food and bring it to us. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, that brings in enough to last us a little while. Um, and then, you know, by now, by August, it's starting to get pretty
0: slow again. So, if you're listening, uh, what I would, I know I have a 16 year old at home. He needs service, project, work. Uh, and it's also what they don't realize is the sensitivity and, ep- and empathy that they're going to gain and social emotional learning that they're going to gain by walking in. So, if you're a parent out there and you're listening, uh, you might want to consider rather than uh, flooding the food pantry at Thanksgiving, which is great because they have a lot of turkeys. I've seen them uh, or possibly at Christmas or around the holidays, uh, Hanukkah or whatever. You may want to consider going in in these slow periods of time and helping out and 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 letting your, your children know we're going in specifically now because this is a tough time for, for the pantry. So
1: thank you for bringing that up. And a couple of other things that I just want to share that a lot of people don't realize, um, I think uh, – Sometimes at a a soup kitchen or a bigger food bank, it is easier to sort of accommodate volunteers on the fly, so to speak. Um, Our pantry, due to the logistics and the limited space constrictions that we have, uh, we really do need people to sign up ahead of time for volunteering. We actually, uh, at certain points, have a wait list for volunteers. A lot of people... Particularly, trying to get the community service hours for the kids. Right. Wait until the last minute, and we definitely don't want to discourage kids from getting involved. But to the extent that we can help them to learn to um, plan it in advance, and and reach out, um, you know, ahead of time, look on our website, sign up. All of those things will help us.
0: Okay, so if somebody want is listening, they want to volunteer, they can go to your website, sign up. Uh, mm-hmm. Can they call the food pantry to do that, or is that does that? They, they
1: can call, but the best, easiest way to go is to go straight to our, our website. There's a green um, button, or is the button? The button might be red. Okay. <laughs> there's, That's a, okay. There's, that, a there's a volunteer button. button. Okay. <laughs> there's a color button right on the homepage.
0: So, folks, if you're listening, again, go to uh, franklinfoodpantry.org. Uh, click on the volunteer button and sign up in advance, uh, only because the food pantry uh, has. Very few paid staff, and uh, they need to coordinate things. And they, uh, while they, they love to have volunteers, if 300 show up on one day, <laughs> it, it could be a difficult thing. Uh, Another very interesting thing to me is your mobile service. Um, I see that you you purchased a a mobile box truck.
1: We do. We have a box truck. Um, When I first started at the pantry, we had a little van. Um, And actually, the the main reason that we needed the box truck is that we, again, go through such a volume of food um, and the loading and the unloading, um, we really needed a bigger vehicle. Uh, So, but once we had the box box truck, then we realized we could try some more innovative programs with it. And so, one of the things that we do is we bring food to. There's actually two different areas in town um, that are low income housing, and we will load up the truck and and head over there, and and the residents can can sign up so for that. this
0: eliminates somebody having to walk four five six miles to the pantry exactly uh, That that isn't able to either because of no transportation mm-hmm. or because uh they're disabled mm-hmm. or elderly. they have a
1: little kid at home that they can't you know there's there's so many reasons why coming to the pantry is a barrier for people and so we're constantly trying to think of different ways that we can remove the barriers That's
0: and amazing. increase the access. Um, I know I'm kind of asking this on the back end, but how does somebody access your services? Do they go online and fill out a, an application?
1: Um, so what they would want to do is give the pantry a phone call and schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. And then once they come, you know, certainly if they, if they just, if someone shows up, we'll, we'll walk them through it at the time, but best if they can call ahead. Um, and we do have an application um, and we get people registered, and then they can come back every month and every day for the bread and produce. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't tell you how, how much of an impact this had on me, and I reached out to you, and I didn't realize the impact it was going to have at me at the, time, on the, at the time. I just knew the Frank, Franklin Food Pantry existed. started to look into your story and, and was um, very moved, that someone uh, like yourself would would step up to the plate. We're really lucky to have champions like you in the community that are uh, uh, willing to take their personal experience, their education, and their training and put it on the line for people that need help. Uh, it's very very motivating uh, for for uh, people like me that have been longtime residents and really love this community. And um, you know, I want I want to thank you for that uh, from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's it's uh, I have. Parents that are elderly, I uh, can only imagine what it would feel like as a son to have a parent who was hungry uh, in a town and not be able to get uh, food. I can't imagine as a parent not being able to feed my children. Um, And so uh, to me, this is a call to action. It's a call to support the Franklin Food Pantry personally. I want to encourage our listeners to engage with you. We have um, uh, a robust business community which has uh, been revitalized all around you, a cultural district now being proclaimed, um, <laughs> it should be a really, really good time for the food pantry to start receiving even more support than you're getting.
1: That would be wonderful. It is, it is a great town. And, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about how Franklin is, you know, one of the safest towns. And, uh, you know, we've certainly got a lot of wonderful things going on. And I would love to see it be a town where no one is hungry.
0: Boy, I think that's a that's a great goal. Erin, uh, in closing, I just wanted to ask you this. What, you, you mentioned a goal of regionalization. Uh, personally, um, you have children uh, I do. that are a little bit older now? Or are they in their...
1: 12 and 14 12 now. 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. And they,
0: they work down at the food pantry from time to <laughs> they time? They help
1: out. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs>
0: um, uh, what are your goals for for yourself personally moving forward with the food pantry and, and maybe outside the food pantry? Uh,
1: really, what I really want to accomplish with the food pantry is to see it reach its potential for connecting the community. I feel like Franklin and the surrounding towns have a lot of services, but they feel to me very fragmented. And what I mean by that is when someone falls upon hard times, there is not a real clear path of where do I go first? How do I reach out? How is this all going to come together? And I think that the food pantry um, can really do a great job of connecting people. Uh, we need a better facility in order to be efficient and do our best job. For example, right now uh, our facility is only handicap accessible on one level, which is also where we have all the food and everything else. Um, so when our clients come in the door and are having a very emotional tough time and just need to talk quietly in private. Um, there's really not a good space to do that. Um, the other thing is that um, the amount of food that we're able to distribute and turn around is really limited by how much space we have. it's it's um, we're not on one level so we're burning out a lot of our volunteers. Sure. Um, I, I would love to see, Uh, a sort of one-stop shop of a community resource center that has the food pantry and job training and, um, you know, counseling, uh, the SNAP application, all of the things that you would need to get your life turned back around, um, easily accessible.
0: Easily accessible. What a wonderful idea. Community leadership consultant. That sounds like some training has come in, (laughs) but but what you're talking about is is building coalition building. Really, it's it's taking multiple stakeholders uh, that that offer services and putting them under one tent and saying, look, I'm hungry, but I also need access to mass health.
1: Absolutely. I also
0: have a child who has some uh, anxiety and an anxiety disorder, and I might need a, a psychologist or a therapist. It's, I ne- it's, I need all, to connected. it's all connected. It's right? all connected, and it's yeah.
1: very, very rare that someone ends up at the food pantry because only one thing
0: has gone wrong. Right, right. What a what a what a wonderful idea! What a wonderful dream! My guess is that this gets done. Um, <laughs> it's a fairly educated guess because a lot is happening in this town, and having met you, um, and I'm not. Uh, Uh, Just saying this, having met you, I'm quite sure that if that's your goal, uh, it will happen here. It's just a matter of when, not if. So on behalf of everybody uh, in the community of Franklin, I want to thank you personally, Aaron, for your commitment to the food pantry. Um, I want to remind our listeners, uh, please get involved, whether you donate uh, cash donations, whether you look up on the website, again, franklinfoodpantry.org, and look at the items that are needed at a particular time, or whether you simply have conversations with your neighbors and your friends about this issue. Hunger does exist. It exists in Franklin. As Aaron said, go along and count homes. When you get to 400, that's how many homes are being serviced currently. And this problem isn't going away. So, again, for my guest, Aaron Lynch and the Franklin Food Pantry, my name is Jim Derrick, and I want to thank you for listening to chapters.